hello and welcome to the show. Today I want to talk to you about America's original sweetheart, the girl with the curls, and that is Mary Pickford. Well, who is Mary Pickford? In short, Mary Pickford is what is often referred to as Hollywood royalty because she had great influence on the shaping of the Hollywood industry. Amongst other achievements, she is one of the founding members of the movie studio United Artists and she is a founding member of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, which give out the Oscars each year. Let's dive into her life story. So, Mary Pickford was actually born as Gladys Mary Smith on April 8th in probably 1892 in Toronto, Canada. But as most actresses, she later claimed other years as her birth year, like 1893 or 1894, to appear a little bit younger. And that was quite easy back then, because there were not as rigorous birth certificates and registers as we have them today. And Gladys Mary had two younger siblings, which were called Lottie and Jack. And they would all later adopt her new name, which would be Pickford, but we come to that later. So, when Gladys, because this was still her name back then, was about six years old, her father, an alcoholic, died from a fatal blood clot. Her mother then started to take in boarders to up her income, which she earned as a seamstress. And one of these boarders that she took in was Mr. Murphy. Mr. Murphy was a theatrical stage manager, and he suggested the three siblings, Gladys, Lottie and Jack, should take on smaller roles in the theatre. So the three began acting, and their mother would play the organ during the plays. And that would become their full-time job. Gladys, her two siblings and her mom would tour the US performing with several companies in several plays. Gladys even performed on Broadway at age 13 and played alongside Cecil B. DeMille in The Warrens of Virginia at age 15. And during that play, the producer, which was David Belasco, insisted that Gladys should take on the stage name Mary Pickford, which she did and used from then onwards, as did her siblings. In 1909, when Pickford was 17, she was screen-tested by Biograph Company director D.W. Griffith, who was immediately taken with her. She was perfect for the new medium of the movies because her acting was subtle and not as over-exaggerated as, for example, Theda Beras. So she got a contract to earn double what others would earn in a day. That means she earned $10 compared to $5 which others earned. And that would compare to $335 a day today compared to $167 a day, which definitely is a huge difference over time. So she was on the payroll of Biograph and started acting in basically everything. She did leading parts and bit parts. She did ladies and charwomen. She did slaves, Native Americans and prostitutes. All in all, in that year at Biograph, she appeared in 51 films. That is one movie a week. Her reasoning? The more movies I would do, the more recognized I would become. Particular to Biograph was that actors were not credited in the movies. Moviegoers actually would not know the name of the actors. It didn't seem important to them back then. Remember, this is the very beginning of the movie industry. But the audiences were able to identify Mary Pickford early on because of her curls. So the cinemas would promote her movies as a film that features The Girl with the Golden Curls or Blondie Locks or The Biograph Girl. Pickford eventually left Biograph and joined Paramount Pictures with Adolf Zucker as studio hat. 
There she made the first movie where her name, or any name at all, was featured above the movie title on movie marquees. That movie was Hearts Adrift in 1914, when Mary Pickford was 22 years old. This movie, and the one that was released five weeks later, and it was called Tess of the Storm Country, catapulted her to stardom. Her biographer said about this time, and I quote, This film sent her career into orbit and made her the most popular actress in America, if not the world. Basically, Mary Pickford was the equivalent to Charlie Chaplin, who was as successful and renowned just like her, and nobody else was at that time. Mary Pickford had reached the Olymp of stardom and was the most successful actress at that time. Her new contract with Paramount granted her full authority over the production of her movies and a salary of $10,000 a week in 1916. And that translates into roughly $280,000 a week today. Additionally, she was granted half of any film's profit with a guarantee of $1.04 million, which equals around $21 million today. And she starred in 52 features throughout her career. So, I guess there was a lot of money coming her way. And to top it off, Pickford became vice president of the Pickford Film Corporation. When this very contract expired two years later, Zucker did not agree to her terms and offered her $250,000 instead, if she left the movie business altogether. That was about $7 million to just leave everything behind all of her career. And of course, she didn't take the deal. When we look at what she made per film with her old contract, that would have been a really crappy deal. So instead, Pickford went to First National Picture, which happily agreed to her terms. But the best was yet to come. In 1919, Pickford, together with Douglas Fairbanks, Charlie Chaplin and D.W. Griffith from Biograph, formed the independent film production company United Artists. And through this company, Pickford was able to produce all her own movies, which were solid box office hits, grossing $1 million each. Mary Pickford was on top of the world. But then the talkies came. Sound changed the movie industry. And Pickford actually underestimated its importance and noted, and I quote again, adding sound to movies would be like putting lipstick on the Venus of Milo. The industry was so shaken up by sound that United Artists gathered Pickford, Fairbanks, Chaplin, Norma Tomich, Gloria Swanson, John Barrymore, D.W. Griffith and Dolores del Rio, amongst others, in Pickford's bungalow and broadcast them to the radio, proving that their voices carried and were fit to the new medium of sound movies. Pickford actually could have made the transition successfully, voice-wise, but... For her first role in a talkie, she cut her hair short, which made headlines throughout the nation. Everybody was shocked by it because her long golden curls had been her trademark sign. And it was the visualization of the original American sweetheart with the golden locks. And the short bob was not perceived well. It was not the image that was created for her. This scandal about her new hair style took away from her performance and took away from the movie. The other thing that now came was that Pickford got older. She had played children, teenage spitfires and young feisty woman until like a very ripe age, until up to the late 20s. 
these were the roles her fans loved to see her in. But now in her 30s, she was not suitable for these roles anymore. And the band roles that were so unvoked during the first years of the talkies were no fit either. The sophisticated roles she selected were just box office failures. And after several very costly failures, Pickford retired from acting altogether and being about 40 years of age. She appeared on stage afterwards, as well as in radio plays, and would continue producing movies, but she would not be in front of the camera anymore. So, what was Mary Pickford's impact on the movie industry? Mary Pickford, despite being a woman at under five feet, so really short, was a very savvy businesswoman, and she had tremendous impact on how the movie industry would progress and evolve. Notably, in 1916, together with the wife of Cecil B. DeMille, and we remember she got to know him early on in her career on Broadway, Pickford helped found the Hollywood Studio Club, which was actually a house for young women working in the movies. Also, Pickford founded the Motion Picture Relief Fund, which helps actors in financial needs. The motivation to do so came from the deaths of several high-profile Hollywood actors who in their final years have battled poverty. She created a campaign around the fund, which was called the Payroll Pledge Program. So each actor would give 0.5% of the salary or earnings to the fund. And this resulted in having enough means to build the motion picture country house and hospital in California. It was a hospital as well as a retirement community. The latter houses still today celebrities and non-celebrities. It had notable residents like Johnny Weissmuller, Luella Parsons, May Morrie and Ida Lupino. Actually, it was social security for those working in the movie industry that Mary Pickford founded. And the fund is still active today, and even more so than ever. In 1993, it was renamed into the Motion Pictures and Television Fund Foundation, with DreamWorks' Jeffrey Katzenberg as founding chairman. There are multiple high-profile charity events each year to raise funds for those in the industry less fortunate. The most well-known is The Night Before the Oscars, which raises around $5 million each year. Another thing that Pickford had influence on was that Pickford early on had complete power over the production of her movies, while still being at Paramount when Sucker agreed to her terms. So from the actors, the script and the editing to the release and even the promotion of a movie, she had complete control. And with the foundation of United Artists, Pickford increased her power in the industry even further. Because United Artists was not, as the other big studios, vertically integrated. And I think I touched upon that point in my episode on the Hollywood studio system. I will link it in the show notes. United Artists actually was a distribution company that offered its screens to independent filmmakers. And through United Artists, independent movies could now be produced and created that earlier would not have been approved by the studio heads. So Pickford's foundation of United Artists enabled the medium of movie to be explored further and deeper than ever before. And additionally, Pickford had established a Mary Pickford company to produce her own movies, which were distributed via United Artists. And when Pickford married Douglas Fairbanks, the two founded the Pickford Fairbanks Studios on Santa Monica Boulevard. As the co-founder of United Artists, the head of her own production company, and the star of all her movies, Pickford became what is now known as the most powerful woman who has ever 
worked in Hollywood. And that is a nickname I would like to have. <laughs> so Mary Pickford's career was unparalleled. But what about the private life of her, the girl with the golden locks? Well, she was actually married three times. First, she was married to Owen Moore. He was also a silent film actor. But that one was not a happy marriage. Apparently, she had either miscarried or aborted a baby, which resulted in her inability to have more children. Moore was jealous of her success. He suffered from alcoholism and there were also incidents of domestic violence. Nine years into the marriage, they divorced. During that time, they had lived together on and off. And during the last year, Pickford had already started an affair with husband number two, who was Douglas Fairbanks. She was touring the nation with him selling war bonds and would marry him mere days after divorcing Moore. And the wedding of Mary Pickford and Douglas Fairbanks was the wedding of the century. The two were named King and Queen of Hollywood. Their mansion in Beverly Hills was named Pickfair and it would become the center of celebrity events in L.A. Charlie Chaplin, who was the best friend of Douglas Fairbanks and together with him and Mary, a founding member of United Artists, was there a great deal of the time. Also, there were George Bernard Shaw, Albert Einstein, Eleanor Glynn, Helen Keller, H.G. Wells, Lord Mountbatten, Fritz Kreisler, Amelia Earhart, F. Scott Fitzgerald, Noel Coward, Max Reinhardt, Baron Nishi, Vladimir Nemirovich Danchenko, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Austin Chamberlain, Sir Harry Lauder and Meher Baba. So everybody who was someone came to Pickfair. Unfortunately though, the Fairbanks were so prominent that their marriage suffered. They were always on as the sweethearts of America and they basically were the ambassadors for the US. Everybody in the world knew them and loved them. And they had very little time off from producing and acting. They had very many hats to carry and they had very many jobs and tasks to do. And it was only when both their careers slowed down that there was time to spend together. But they were kind of different characters. Douglas Fairbanks was a very restless chap and he took up overseas travel. But Pickford did not enjoy overseas travel, which we might remember was basically done by ship. But that is when Fairbanks started an affair with Sylvia, Lady Ashley, in Europe. This is when Pickford and Fairbanks separated, when Pickford got news of the affair. So the match made in heaven was divorced in 1936 after 16 years of marriage. Merely one year later, Pickford married Charles Buddy Rogers and together they adopted two kids. When you read up on her relationship with the kids, you will read that this was not the happiest of families because her kids say that Pickford was not the warmest of mothers because she was more concerned about herself. But Pickford and Rogers stayed together for 42 years until her death in 1979 when she was 87 years old. So Mary Pickford, I didn't know much about her because the pictures and movies that I saw as a kid and when I was growing up, they were, you know, not her movies. That was not the kind of genre that I was interested in. So I found it really interesting to read up on her and on her story. I knew that she founded United Artists. I knew that she had Pickfair together with Douglas Fairbanks, but I didn't know like what she did for Hollywood and that she basically set up social security in the movie industry, which I think is fantastic. 
So this is a woman who really paved the way to make Hollywood equal and more accessible to people of less means for women. And she showed us that it's possible to do things that have not been done before. And I think it's very inspirational. And what I find really endearing is like a little anecdote that you can find when you read up on Mary Pickford, that when she met Douglas Fairbanks Jr., he actually thought that she was a new playmate for him because she is, as I mentioned, under five feet tall. And she would just play with him, you know, didn't say, oh, I'm the fiancé of your father. No, she played with him. And that kind of shows she was really a very sweet girl and she was really like doing things for others. So I found her very inspiring and I haven't seen a movie with her yet, but I definitely will check up on her movies. And if I find something very interesting, I will link it in the show notes and also on my Instagram account. So if you're interested in more episodes, subscribe to the podcast write me an email or just subscribe to the newsletter, which you can do on my website and you will stay in the know of all the episodes that come out. I hope you had a blast hearing about Mary Pickford. I have another really good one next week. Stay tuned and I hope you have a fabulous week. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.